Charlie Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome into the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. As always, this podcast is a part of the Believe Podcast Network. And you can find me on Twitter at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E-N-B-A. I'm happy to be back. It has been, I think, almost three weeks. I'm, I'm really sorry about that, but there's good reason and I will explain all of that right now. Um, just a quick heads up, today's episode we're going to get into a lot of just lineup stuff for the Timberwolves and then also talk about... Um, the Balmero signing, what it means for the Timberwolves. We'll also talk about Jared Vanderbilt and Jordan McLaughlin re-signing and just kind of getting into a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, But first, the reason I've been gone lately, if you guys don't follow me on Twitter, which you should, but if you don't, you um, didn't see that I recently did get engaged a few weeks ago. Um, So that was really cool, really exciting part of my life. So that's been keeping me busy. Um, But that's not the thing that's kept me the most busy. I also bought a house, which I didn't really post online anywhere, but I did did buy a house with my fiance. So that's been keeping me really, really busy. If you listen to, um, I think the last, last podcast, I did talk about that a little bit. And then I also started my first uh, full-time teaching job at an elementary school. So that's been what's keeping me the busiest. It's been crazy, but it's been awesome. And I'm super excited to get that underway. But the other thing that's getting underway soon is the uh, Timberwolves um, upcoming season. I believe we're two weeks away from the uh, preseason opener, and I think training camp starts next week. So we are getting into full swing, and it's going to be a great season. I'm excited to get in-house for some games at the Target Center. I'm excited to be able to cover those and also just watch as a fan as much as I can. Um, This season's going to be a little bit different for me, as I will also be coaching high school basketball, which will be a lot of fun, Um, but I'm definitely going to be covering the Wolves as much, if not more, than I have in the past, which I'm super, super excited about. You can find all my written work at canasupas.com. Uh, it's always over there. we got a great staff of writers for Timberwolf stuff, Link stuff, and everything in between, to be honest, basketball stuff in general. So super excited to get that started. But before we do get into this episode, break down some of the starting lineups, some of the fun lineups I want to see, things like that, we do need to go ahead and thank our sponsor, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Not to mention, the USC head coaching job is up for grabs. And if we look at the odds, the favorite to land the job is none other than University of Minnesota's P.J. Fleck. Six to one odds for P.J. Fleck to land that. Now, I would be entirely depressed if P.J. Fleck left the Gophers. But obviously, USC is a bigger job, so maybe he wants to go ahead and do that. If not, Mario Cristobal comes in at 7-1 to odds. James Franklin from Penn State is 8-1. to Bob Stoops uh, from Oklahoma is 9-1 to odds. Luke Fickle is also 9-1 to odds, along with Tony Elliott. After that, there's a number of other head coaching candidates over on BetOnline. You can check out all the odds for that. Um, but other than that, with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. 
So head to the website or you can even use your mobile device and sign up today and you will receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. You put in $100, they will match that $100 deposit. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. That's promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so we are back with uh, the episode, and I just want to go ahead and get this kind of out of the way. What's on my mind right now with the Timberwolves lineup um, and the different possibilities? Basically, I see three possible starting units that the Timberwolves could run out there. If the roster stays as it is today, obviously, if Ben Simmons ends up coming to Minnesota, a lot of things are going to change. But assuming that the Timberwolves roster is exactly how it is right now, there's three lineups I think that possibly could be the starting lineups. The first lineup would be uh, D'Angelo Russell starting at the one, Patrick Beverly starting next to him, Anthony Edwards slotted in at the small forward, Jaden McDaniel slotted in at that four spot, and then obviously Carl Anthony Towns at the five. Um... That's one lineup. The second lineup that I could see possibly happening would be D'Angelo Russell at the one. And then instead of Patrick Beverly, you'd have Malik Beasley at the two, followed by Anthony Edwards, Jada McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns. And finally, the third and my favorite starting lineup is D'Angelo Russell at the one, Anthony Edwards um, down at the two, Jada McDaniels at the three, Jared Vanderbilt at the four, and Carl Anthony Towns at the five. Now, I see benefits to... All the lineups. Um, obviously, when you bring in Patrick Beverly in that starting lineup and shift everybody down a little bit, um, you have a shooter at every spot. You know, D'Lo, Beverly, Edwards, McDaniels, Towns. They're all at least capable, if not up to elite level shooters in the NBA. Um, so I see that as a, you know, a benefit of doing it. Plus, you still have two really, really good defenders in Jaden McDaniels and. Patrick Beverly on the court, followed by an uh, average to above average defender in Carl Anthony Towns, and then a poor defender in D'Angelo Russell, and hopefully closer to a neutral defender in Ant, but possibly also a below average defender in Carl, or excuse me, in Anthony Edwards. So I see some benefits for that. Um, I see some benefits for the Beasley one when you're talking about just going all out offense. Beasley in there instead of Vanderbilt um, with the core four. I mean, you're just straight up betting on offense, and then you have even better shooting throughout that lineup. But what I like the best about the Russell, Edwards, McDaniels, Vanderbilt, Towns lineup is the size that you have defensively and also the offensive versatility that you have throughout that that unit. So you think of one of the most dynamic point guards in Timberwolves history in D'Angelo Russell, the ability to play on the ball, off the ball, shoot the three, um, get to the mid-range. I think I really like that idea. Um of starting him always in any lineup, you have to, right? He's the second or third best player on this team, depending how you look at Anthony Edwards. We don't really know what Edwards is going to bring this season, but um, Anthony Edwards, obviously clear-cut starter as well. I want to see him operating with the ball in his hands a lot, meaning D'Lo can be off-ball. Uh, McDaniels, I like him at the three. Um, Dane Moore was just tweeting about earlier today that Jada McDaniels, he thinks, is like the tallest player on the Minnesota Timberwolves roster, which is... Kind of a cool thing to think about, but also, like, I don't know if that's 100% true. If not, he's definitely the second tallest um, if Cat is taller than him. But I would say 
my guess is they're both around that six foot eleven range. But like I said, I've only ever seen them on TV. Dane's obviously stood, you know, next to both of them in person, hoping to do that this season. But uh, we'll see what that brings. But um, yeah, so I'm gonna trust Dane on this one. Um, but you know, they're probably both around that six foot eleven um, height. So. But yeah, I just like McDaniels playing that three spot when we talk about his ability to defend as a backside rim protector and also defend as a point of attack defender guarding literally point guards like Kyrie Irving and James Harden. So that's really cool to see that defensive versatility out of somebody that's like six foot ten. Um Jaden or excuse me, Jared Vanderbilt also can play some really good point of attack defense. He's got a lot of length and size to him. Basically a bigger Josh Akogi, which is cool. And then Carl Anthony Towns, I love Carl Anthony Towns. How how can you not love what he does offensively? But I think having two good defenders that are like six nine, six ten, six eleven next to him and Vanderbilt and McDaniel's, I think that would be really advantageous situation to put Cat in. And obviously, uh, this isn't a you're never gonna run your starters for forty eight minutes. That's just not how the NBA works. But the idea of putting those guys next to him to start the game, I think, is something that I would really like to see when you. Talking about the NBA, getting off to a good start is one really big, important factor in winning some games, and I think this is the way to get you off to the best start offensively and defensively defensively that you can. You know, you're not suffering too much offense by putting Vanderbilt out there instead of McDaniels. He can be used in ways that are advantageous to the team, but also he can be used in ways that um, defensively that Malik Beasley just literally cannot be used. Um, So yeah, I like that starting lineup. Um, if you want to go into the, some numbers about the starting lineups, the offensive rating of that group is uh, 166.7. The defensive rating is 129.8. So basically, you're looking at about a 37, like a plus 37 um, net rating. But sound the alarm, small sample size alert. That's only 23 minutes over three games. So you can't you can't glean too much over those numbers. But what I think you can take is that there's some very good hope that the offense can be really, really, really good with that lineup. And I promise you the defense is going to be better than 129.8 with that lineup. So I think there's some hope there. But again, the sample size is entirely too small to take too much into account for. But it does shine a little light that there's some hope at the end of the tunnel there. Um, if you use that starting lineup, and I'll reiterate that right now, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt, Carl Anthony Towns, Basically, you leave a bench five of Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Josh Okoge, Torian Prince, Nas Reed, and then you have others rounding out the bench with Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel, Leandro Balmero, Jake Lehman, Nathan Knight, and McKinley Wright. I like that. I like those options there off the bench. If you ever did platoon, which I don't think is going to be done a lot, I think most of the time you'll have at least one of the three of... Russell Edwards Towns on the floor at all times but if there is a ever a situation where my starting lineup isn't on the floor at all any of them none of the five and you come in with Beverly Beasley Akogi Prince Reed I think you have a good culmination of offense and defense in that second unit with Beverly being probably the best two-way player on the team maybe second best to Jaden McDaniels but a great defender a solid shooter then you have Malik Beasley who is a, a horrid defender but he is like an elite shooter. And I mean like an elite catch and shoot movement shooter, right? He's not a pull-up shooter, but he is like an elite off the ball shooting guy. Um, Then you have a Kogi who is 
basically the complete opposite of Patrick, or excuse me, of uh, Malik Beasley. Can't shoot a lick, but he can defend with the best of them. Um, Torian Prince, I think he is probably an average defender, and then a solid catch and shoot guy as well. And then Nas Reed isn't a below average defender, but he provides a lot on the offensive side of the ball. He's a really good role man. Um, not like a lob threat, obviously. You guys have watched Nas Reed, but he's a really good, um, you know, catch a pocket pass and finish at the basket. Um, one of the highest, you know, he's a one of the most, what is the word? He does it the most, you know. Um, so, and that's crazy because he doesn't play that many minutes and he's like top tier in like amount of pick and rolls ran per game. But he, uh, he's also like, I'd say average, you know, points per possession wise out of those. I, I saw some numbers somewhere and I think it was like 26 guys ran X amount. Nasreed was up there in like the top five ish, but he also was like mid pack, like 13 ish, um, when it comes to points per possession, which is great to see out of your backup big. Um, so I think it'd be cool to see him run um, with Patrick Beverly. But also, you know, these guys, the units are going to be interchanged. There's going to be a ton, like literally countless different lineup combinations that we can run. And I think there's a lot of fun ones. A lot, a lot, a lot of fun ones. So I'm excited to see what those all bring this coming season. Um, another thing that I want to bring up, just another fun lineup thing. I want to see... And I call this, I dub this the length lineup. I want to see D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Nathan Knight, and Carl Anthony Towns share the floor. So basically, all that is is subbing out from my starting group, taking out Vanderbilt and putting in Nathan Knight. The reason I want to see that, and the reason I call it the length lineup, is if you look at the wingspans of those five players, D'Angelo Russell has a six foot ten wingspan. As a six foot four, six foot five point guard, so he's got really long arms. Um, Anthony Edwards has a six foot nine wingspan, and that was before his supposed two inch growth spurt from six foot four to six foot six. So if his arms grew two more inches, that they're six eleven, but at worst they're six foot nine at the shooting guard. That's probably closer to league average. Um, Jaden McDaniels at the three. Seven foot wingspan, Nathan Knight at the four, seven foot two wingspan, and then at the five, Carl Anthony Towns with a seven foot four wingspan. That is really, really fun. Just think about the okay, the best way, in my opinion, to combat poor defensive players like D'Lo and Ant is to have length out there, right? So they can get in passing lanes, be active that way. D'Lo and Ant, very long backcourt duo. Um, and then front court with Knight, Cat, and Jaden all above seven feet is just ridiculous. If you want to get really funky, you want to get closer to seven feet at every position, you could go ahead and throw Torian Prince at the two, use his six eleven and a half wingspan. Is that gonna happen? Probably not. I mean, like absolutely not. Like Torian Prince really isn't a two, but if you want to get funky, you wanted to try something, you could put Torian Prince at the two and just like all length. Like just Try to run teams out of the gym with your length, right? It could work. It could. But I don't know. It's just kind of fun. It's just a lineup that I thought would be a little bit of a fun lineup to see. And we'll see if we do see that. I think it's going to be really interesting to get partway through the season and kind of parse through a lot of this lineup data and just see what it what it means for the Timberwolves, which pairings, which trios, which 
you know, quartets and which five-man lineups all are effective, which ones are ineffective, and try to, you know, figure out why and really break that down. So I'm excited to get into that more once the season gets going and getting wrapped up. Um, excuse me, getting amped up. So be on the lookout for that. I'll probably do that sometime during the season. If not me, somebody else over at CandaceSupas.com is definitely going to parse some lineup data. So don't don't miss out on that. But it should be a really fun, really fun exercise. Um, but the one the the one trio I do really actually there's a couple trios I do really want to see. I want to see how D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly, and Anthony Edwards do together that tandem because I think in that excuse me that not tandem that trio um, I think that'd be really fun to see especially if Ant takes us another step forward on offense and on defense. I think that'd be really fun. But the one I'm really intrigued to see is how Jaden. Van uh, Jared Vanderbilt and Carl Anthony Towns do together. That three man unit could be a really good defensive front court, um, with also some very good and very fun offensive capabilities. But we'll just have to see what that brings and what that really looks like for the Timberwolves. Um, but yeah, so other than lineup data, I want to go ahead look a little bit at the Jared Vanderbilt and Jordan McLaughlin signings and what those really mean for the team. Um, Jared Vanderbilt. As a, I believe his contract is a three-year, technically it's a three-year deal, but with the way that his contract is really, um, excuse me, the way that his contract is set up and um, is, sorry, excuse me, laid out, trying to figure out the words I'm trying to use here. The way that his contract is laid out, it's basically a two-year deal with a third-year team option, except it's a little bit different than that, so... Um, it looks like for this first season, he has a base salary of $4 million with likely incentives of $50,000. So those incentives, I think it's like rebounding percentage is the likely one. And then there's $125,000 of unlikely incentives. So I don't know exactly what those mean. But with the $4 million and the $50,000 likely incentive, his cap hit is $4 million. $50,000 this coming season with $4 million guaranteed. Um, the unlikely incentives don't affect the cap because they're deemed unlikely. So they figure he's probably not going to do that. It's based off prior performances in other years. Um, the second season, so next season, he has a base salary of $4.32 million with $54 million in likely incentives and one hundred thirty-five, fifty-four thousand in likely incentives and one hundred thirty-five thousand in unlikely incentives, which means his cap hit is four million three hundred seventy-four thousand um, dollars. So basically, again, you know, one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars unlikely. So he's probably not going to hit it again based on previous years' performances. Um, so the next season is where it gets a little bit more weird. So the base salary is four million six hundred and forty thousand dollars, with fifty eight thousand um, dollars in likely incentives, one hundred forty five thousand dollars in unlikely incentives. So the cap hit would be four point six nine eight million dollars, but he's only guaranteed three hundred thousand. So that's where it's kind of like a team option. It's not necessarily a team option, but if they cut him, it would only cost them three hundred thousand um, dollars. If they decided to keep him. Then his cap hit would be four point six nine eight million, which brings it to a total of thirteen million ten thousand dollars cap hit over the course of the three million or over the course of the three years. Um, if they decide to cut him, 
after the second season, he basically was on a two-year $8,370,000 deal with $300,000 the next year. I don't really see a world unless there's some injury stuff that goes on where Jared Vanderbilt's not worth less than $5 million. You know, I think he's going to be worth well more well more than $5 million over the length of this contract. So I think this is a really team-friendly deal. If you ask me, and I'm really excited that the Timberwolves were able to sign him to this because I believe he was asking more for like $7-ish million um, in restricted free agency, but he wasn't getting anything from any other teams um, across the market, which basically meant that he was kind of put in a bind until the Timberwolves would sign him to the contract that they signed him to. So I'm excited about this contract for the Timberwolves just because I think it's really important that they got a quality and I would call him this I would call him a quality power forward for you know an average of four and a half million bucks over the next three seasons so I'm really excited about that for what it means as the encore product like I said I think he slots in well at the starting four I think he's a really impressive defender he's got to work on his hands on offense but I think he has some capabilities with like ball handling skills where he can potentially run some pick and rolls which would be kind of interesting with like Nas Reed or something um, but if not, play the dunker spot um, and be a menace in transition, both offensively and defensively, which is something the Timberwolves have been lacking. Um, so losing their best guy defensively in transition would be bad. So I'm glad they brought him back for that. Um, but yeah, I think all around, he's just a really, really interesting kind of project, but also like a playable piece right now, which is really fun. Um, the second guy I wanted to talk about is Jordan McLaughlin. Now, it seemed like Jordan McLaughlin was not going to um, come back after the Timberwolves decided to trade for Patrick Beverly because Jordan McLaughlin would is now the third point guard. And it seemed like, you know, Anthony Edwards will probably get some run at point guard. So it, Leandro Balmero maybe could be like a pseudo like playmaker. I don't think he's a point guard really. Um, you know, I kind of thought he was, and then I, the more I... I watched of him the more I looked into it. I I think he's more of just a wing with like solid playmaking chops um, because his handle's not that good. But like I said, I think they have enough as point guards. But when you really look into it and you think about the fact that D'Angelo Russell's probably going to miss some time just because he has bad injury luck. Um, Patrick Beverly probably going to miss some time because he also has injuries every season. You're going to need some... You know, a solid third point guard. And with that being Jordan McLaughlin, I think you're sitting pretty good. He's probably one of the best third point guards in the league. Um, so I think the Timberwolves are looking solid that way. I think he would be a, you know, I think he'd even be a serviceable backup if you needed him to. So I think that's a win. Uh, let's talk about the contract. Let's break that down a little bit. So he signed a three-year contract with the third year being a team option. There's no cap hit the third year if the Timberwolves decide to cut him. This is a legit team option. No guaranteed money. First year, he has a base salary of $2 million with $100,000 in unlikely incentives. Not exactly sure what those are, uh, but the cap hit is $2 million flat for that first season. Second season's $2.16 million. Again, another $100,000 in unlikely incentives. Cap hit still $2.16 million. Um, so at the cheapest, Jordan McLaughlin's contract would be a two-year $4.16 million contract. And at the most expensive, adding on his third year, which is $2.32 million, $100,000 unlikely incentives. Um, so at the most expensive, he'd be on a three-year $6,480,000 contract. Either way, I think it's really important to note that 
that is also a very team-friendly contract. Um, if you have Jordan McLaughlin as your point guard, let's let's jump ahead past this season. So let's jump ahead to next season. This So 2022-2023. Assume Patrick Beverly's gone and Jordan McLaughlin's your backup point guard. D'Angelo Russell is your starting point guard. Between D'Angelo Russell's contract, which I believe is that season D'Angelo Russell would make, I think it's like 30, he would make, okay, so that season he would make 31,000, Jordan McLaughlin would make two, or excuse me, 31 million, Jordan McLaughlin would make two million, you're looking at about 33, 34 million dollars for two point guards, your whole point guard rotation being that cheap, it's pretty darn good, that's pretty darn good, so I feel pretty good about that. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about with the Timberwolves was just how cheap they have their contracts. Like, if we jump ahead to 2023-2024, which is, I believe, the last season of, excuse me, the first season without D'Angelo Russell on the books, the last season of Carl Anthony Towns' contract, you would have between Anthony Edwards, Jared Vanderbilt, Jada McDaniels, Leandro Balmero, Jordan McLaughlin, and I believe, yeah, no, sorry, I'm totally off base here. I got to figure this out, but basically what I'm trying to say is the Timberwolves have a lot of really cheap players when you look ahead to future deals, because with the Timberwolves um, having Nas Reed really cheap, and... Jordan McLaughlin, really cheap. Anthony Edwards on a rookie deal. Jaden McDaniels on a rookie deal. They're looking really, really good. Okay, I have the numbers here now. Sorry. Um, In the season 2022-2023, so that's the one I was looking for. So that would be not this coming season, but the next one. You'd have Anthony Edwards for 10.7. You would also have Jaden McDaniels for just over 2 million. Jared Vanderbilt for 4.6. Nas Reed for just under two, Jalen Noel for just under two, Jordan McLaughlin for just under two. You're looking at, between those six players, you're looking at about $22, 23000000 million. Like super cheap for six players who figure to be like rotation quality players that season. That's like a really impressive job by um, Gerson Rosas and company. You would also have, off the books by that season, you'd no longer have Torian Prince's deal. You would no longer have Patrick Beverly's deal. And Malik Beasley would be, could technically be an expiring because he'd have a team option the next year, so you could trade him away. You'd be looking pretty good um, going into that year's free agency or whatever you want it to be. You could have some money to play with. So that part's kind of exciting if you ask me. Just the idea of having some flexibility. But we'll see what happens. Trades are probably going to happen by then. Different signings might come about. You know, you might sign an MLE guy. You might do something on the margin somewhere down the line. But regardless, there's a path to having a little bit of money later on, um, which is cool, which is very exciting as a Timberwolves fan because we've never really had that. But yeah, um, basically that's a long, super-winded answer to say I think that the Jordan McLaughlin Jared Vanderbilt contracts are very team friendly deals and the Timberwolves are going to be really happy that they signed them and I will put my stamp of approval on them wholeheartedly and I'm just getting excited for this season I hope you guys are getting excited for this season too we are looking at a really fun interesting important whatever adjective you want to throw on there season for the Timberwolves
Make sure you're tuning in. Make sure you're tuning in to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast every week because hopefully from here on out it will be every week as the season as the season gets a little bit closer. But thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate it. I'm so grateful for all the support that I've gotten over the past year or so. Two years? I don't even know how long I've been writing. Probably, yeah, a little bit over two years. So thank you. I appreciate it. Hopefully you keep supporting this podcast. I'm hoping to do some really big things with this. You guys are the best. But other than that, that's all I have today. So thank you again for listening to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Bet Online. I will be back next week. And I guess that's it. Peace out.